<laughs> Tim Beers. <laughs> yeah, we're Portland Tim Beers. This is Gary. And I'm Jason. You know what that sound was, right? Yeah, that was uh, the Portland Timbers. <laughs> last two games. <laughs> I would even say last three games. I don't know. They did okay in Colorado. Uh, they gave up a last-minute goal to... They, they did, but they, they at least scored a point, and it was a blizzard, and they had legitimate excuses. Oh, my God. The last two games, no legitimate excuses. Yeah, well, there it is. Well, we're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, and we talk a little bit about beer, homebrewing, skiing, girls, boys, hmm. whatever else we want. <laughs> Especially boys. No. No. <laughs> so, uh, what's new, buddy? Uh, let's see. What's new? The uh, nasty, ever-present uh, sinus cold finally hit me. Oh. In full force on Thursday morning. Really got me Wednesday night, but seems like it's making its rounds. Yes, uh, I had it, been fighting it, and I'm on the backside of it, but uh, still draining like a faucet. Oh, yeah, that first night was like somebody opened the floodgates. My nose just leaked and leaked and leaked. Hey, floodgates, you know what that reminds me of? Huh? Timber's back line. <laughs> Just opened wide up. Wide up. <laughs> goal after goal after goal. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Um, little Irish music playing in the background. Perfect. Little Irish beer in front of you. Yes, there are four. So the deal is, with this fun, fine game, and we'll uh, post some pictures on the old Twitter and Untapped. Um, yeah. Which one is Guinness? And which one is a domestic? It's a trick question. Well, so which one is the lo- local homebrew? Because three which one of those, Guinness? three of those look like they're all Guinnesses. Only one's Guinness. Interesting. Yeah, one's Guinness. Huh. So we will try that out. I've tried uh, the first one closest to the little handle here. Yeah, that's the homebrew. You think that's a homebrew? Yeah. The local brew. Yeah, because all the others look like they've got nitro on them. I don't know. You're going to be amazed. Truly amazed. It's dark, whatever it is. Hints of tobacco, a little bit of chocolate. Crazy. You're, you're working through them, dude. That's Guinness. Which one's Guinness? Number this one, the second one right here. That one? Yeah. All right. All That's right. Guinness. What's the far one? The far one, this here? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Guinness. <laughs> <coughs> well, those uh, that have been listening or, to the program. Or technically, it could be like Guinness's extra dry stout, or their one they normally do. Could be. Are you t- are you thinking? Are you telling me one of these is the Guinness that I normally drink? Yes. That would be the one that I pointed out earlier. All right, it might be Budweiser. <laughs> That's not Budweiser. <laughs> Well, uh, what the hell is going on with the Timbers? That's, I guess, the key. So, we just got done watching the Cincinnati game. Uh, I wouldn't even say it's Timbers versus Cincinnati. It was purely Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Cincinnati put on a show. Um, All sorts of stuff to unpluck there. But I guess the key is if they just solve this little piece 
Um, what the hell's going on with the back line? I don't know. It seems like a common theme every single year, though. Our back line is what is our Achilles heel every year, especially in the openings. And then somehow we manage to squabble and piece something together, and it ends up working. But if you've noticed, every time we've talked about this on the podcast in the beginning seasons for the, the, the Timbers, we always end up talking about the failure of the back line. Yeah, it's crazy stuff going on right now. So we signed this guy from River Plate, or Platte, or wherever. River Plate. And um, he's supposed to be the bomb. He's going to replace Zarek. <laughs> and we have not seen the guy. No. And we've put in... Uh, well, we've put in one goal or two goals in the last three games, and our opponents have put in nine. Ten. Ten goals. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is going on? And Mabiala looks very quiet. Um, do you all know who we saw today? It looks like he's out of sync. Right. And I don't think you can really ju- judge him at this point because he didn't have Char in front of him. He didn't have a full thing in front of him. But I wasn't overly impressed with the guy. I mean, he gave up a goal by himself. Exactly. So, and that was pure body position. Right. And then Zarek looks just out of sync. I mean, he's the only guy talking on the back line. But you don't want your winger being the guy that's holding the line together. Now, and you and I talked about that a little bit earlier in the week, that it's you need a center back directing all that traffic, not a winger. Yep. Because the winger's got to go up the field at some point, and your center backs need to be back there directing everything. They're the stalwarts that need to keep everything in place. Yeah, this Ridgewell thing, this boat boat captain deal, and I'm going to regret saying this, but he, uh, I think he was more important <laughs> than what we knew. So He held the line. Because Cassante looked like trash. I posted a thing on Twitter last week. Who scored more against the Timbers in the last two years? <laughs> freaking Cassante. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Another own goal on that guy. So uh, he needs to be jettisoned. And we need to go out and target like a very, very good center back that keeps the line organized. Yeah. And, as you said, somebody that can be the enforcer if needed. Exactly. Because I think we're missing that. You know, and, and believe it or not, the boat captain... He fit that bill. I mean, he right. commanded, he talked, he brought the guys up, he kept them organized, he could enforce if he needed to. Um, the problem was is he was just injured a lot. Yep. He, um, well, or off on his boat <laughs> hanging out. So I'm not quite sure it was injured. I guess if hanging out on your boat is an injury, then that might be it. But anyways, so and then Aunt Nella looks like garbage, so... Yeah, it's almost like his timing's off, though, based on the timing being off of the back line. Right. I mean, it, he looks slow. Even that goal that he gave up, uh, or Dilna gave up, also known as Claude. Claude. <laughs> Claude gave up. Uh, I mean, Aunt Nella was slow to jump. He was he like was, a step behind it. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. even dive. He was just... It was crazy. So he looks off. Um, yeah, the, the back line, Gio's got to figure that out, man. Because that that absolutely is just blistering our asses. It is. And yeah. the other piece of that is is the front line. Like, Ebo, in this whole, I thought we were going after a DP striker. No, we're going to give it to the kid because the kid's going to show. 
Kid's not showing yet. Kid's not showing, man. No. Like, <laughs> he needs to go back to T2. <laughs> so he is not good. Yeah, he's okay, but he's it. it's flashes. He's a guy that it's you not bring consistency. in. He's a guy that you bring in the second half as a sub behind a star. Yeah, I mean, he needs to be more consistent, and he's not. He doesn't have that consistency yet that he's trying to get. Well, it doesn't show any moxie either. He's got no swagger. He he may be smart, and may have the knowledge of the game and kind of like the raw talent, but he doesn't have any moxie. And and you need a little bravado. You need a little bit of swagger going in. To be able to score those goals. Yeah, at some point. But you also need people to feed you a decent ball. And right now, we've got none of that either. Oh, you mean Valeri's uh, fine footwork? Yeah, his touches. The maestro has lost his touch in the last two games. That's all I got to say. The maestro is the maestro. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. The team's imploding. It's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. Yep. Because by the time we hit the home opener, there may not be any fans left. Yeah, I'm just going to start calling Gio the cheesemaker. The cheesemaker? Yeah, because he's got a Swiss cheese back line. He's got a Swiss cheese team. Like the (laughs) midfield lets balls through, too. There's a lot of holes everywhere. Yeah, not really any method to the madness there. No, very definitely not. You know what I love? I love Gio's like halftime and post game interviews. <laughs> he already knows what he's going to say before the questions answer asked, and it doesn't matter which questions asked. He still gives the response he was going to give. This is where we're going to cue the uh, Geo soundbite. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so because every interview, well, I think we are doing very good. I think uh, I think the guys are playing hard. And, then, and it's like we're down by five goals. Okay. Yeah, they're not. They're we're not right doing in this. Right. <laughs> Come on, we can do this. No. No. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on. Something wacky's not clicking there. And I said this earlier a few weeks ago. I think everybody else took steps forward, and some of them two or three steps forward. And with we took steps like, back. And I don't. I don't even. Well, we did. Yeah, if you count Audie and Ridgewell, or not Audie, but Ridgewell and. Um, other loss that we had um i just don't think i just don't think we're there i mean i think i think we took steps back or took multiple steps back well the funny thing is is you and i talked about last year being the rebuilding year that's the rebuilding year and we did great on rebuilding but then we lost a lot of major pieces again this year that we haven't in my opinion we have not replaced yeah well, we to, got some to, to the talent that we lost. Tier two goalie that's out with surgery, uh, a right back that we still haven't seen, and Villafania looks like poo poo. He's, like, he's not looking his normal self. Nah, so I mean, this team there's something dysfunctional a brewing. So, and, and one of the announcers brought it up in the game today, and I'm almost wondering if there's not some validity to this, validity to this, that. It it almost looks like Gio's trying to play that high press, lob over the back type ball that he tried to do at the beginning of last year, and we got our asses handed to us, and then they had to change that whole thought process and structure on, on how we were going to play before it started working again. Right. And the announcer said, we don't have the kind of players to be trying to play what we're playing right now. Right. So who? my, my question is... For the management, 
is whose idea is it to be pushing this new structure when we don't have the players to, to support it? Well, it was the same thing last year, remember? He was forced to swip back into that counterplay. Yeah, exactly. Because we didn't that, have the players. That's just it. Who's making that decision? Is that yeah. above him? Because as the coach, he should know what his, his, his team's capable of. I don't know. And Maybe. what system they can play and what they should be able to do. Because he sees them every freaking day. Yeah, I agree. Fundamentally, he should be able to do that. But last year, he tried to force all too much that same uh, And it style. didn't work. He had to drop back to a different system. Yeah. And I, and I feel like he's doing a little bit a little bit of that this year. But I also don't think we have the talent. I mean, yeah, we, we are just not no. good. So. And you can see Blanco getting frustrated. The talent that we do have is getting frustrated on the field. Um, and we talked about this with Chara and Valeri. As they start to age and mature and slow down, Yeah. Um, they'll still have flashes of goodness, but they're going to start having to cheat and flick ears and do other stuff just to keep a competitive edge. Yeah. And I think we're kind of seeing that. I mean, Valeri's touch does not look on. No. And Char is doing some ticky-tabby stuff. I mean, just not good. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. I don't got a good feeling now. And then with the playoff structure changed. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> we need points. We need points quick. Yeah. And consistent. So, um, but br- that brings up a great point with like Chara and team discipline. When you look at what's going on, uh, today's game was another great example. Um, another double yellow and a red ejection. Yep. Um, what is going on discipline wise? So it, it's almost like we need to work on foul management when you should be fouling, when you shouldn't. Because uh, our guys are just fouling and getting stupid fouls, and at the worst opportune times, and we're losing key guys in key times. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Going to be a long season. Thank God I didn't do a prediction show. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> I think we're just going to be the kicking boys of the league. So. Well, any other thoughts on this beer you're tasting? So one you thought was the home brew. Yeah, I got or that the, the local brew. Yeah, that's definitely the Any local. idea what two is? Oh, you got it in your hand. Well, while you sip that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, see what our thoughts are on there. So, Tim Beers. It's a cold. He waits. That's what he does. And they'll tell you what. Tick followed talk followed tick followed talk followed tick. Ahab says I don't care who you are, here's to your dream. The old sailors return to the bar. Here's to you, Ahab! And the fat drummer hit the beat with all his heart. to waiting. 
was that, dude? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> that was a Guinness commercial. The most classic Guinness commercial ever. I call it a mind fuck. <laughs> they didn't even say Guinness in the thing. They didn't say a damn thing. <laughs> and then that big long silence in the middle. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how many of the listeners just turned off. Yeah, they're like, hey, what's going on with my... Oh, did the <laughs> podcast quit? What happened? Uh, well, oh, my God. Well, so you just had a change. You thought you thought I three did. was Guinness, and now you're thinking what? Four. I think four, four is the Guinness. Yeah. What is one going to be Guinness next? No asshole. <laughs> no number three. After tasting it more, after getting my taste buds adjusted a little more, three's got too much coffee taste in it to be Guinness. Okay, but four is Guinness. It's opening up. I'll tell you. Three opened up definitely. It was tight as it warms. Yeah. So uh, let's see what we've got. And so, you got to drink Guinness warm. Any ideas what one was? Oh, we got a lot of beer sitting on the ground. Well, my freaking taste buds are jacking with me. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I th- I'm still pretty sure that number one was the. Uh, bring that glass over here. No. Num- number one's the the local homebrew. One's the local ass kicker. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question about that one. There you go. And uh, you are right. So one is, as we pull this bad boy back, I've got beer all over the place. It is called Figaro Imperial Stout. It's a dark ale aged, aged on figs by Old Town Brewing. That's interesting. Aged on a fig. Yeah, so they're uh, aged on a fig. 9.0. And it's a symphony of complexity and richness. Strong notes of dense dark chocolate, rich toffee, roasted malt accompanied with figs. It's funny because I don't pick up on the fig part as much, but um, that may be a good thing. Yeah. I mean, just the subtle piece on it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, for a 9%er, and it's a. <laughs> yeah, 9% ass kicker. It's a, it's a good little beer. I yeah, think. it's so not bad at all. Threw that in there just to see if we could pick out the local. So Now, now that came from the Dark Arts Festival, correct? No. No. We still have that sitting in there. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, and then this is a little blonde. Any ideas what this blonde here is? I, I don't. It, to me, it tastes like a Kolsch, and. Well, I, I'm, I could be 100% wrong there, but... Any ideas what Kolsch? I'm thinking Reisdorf, but... Okay. I could it's be wrong. It's smooth, though, right? Yeah, it's very smooth, and I love the maltiness in it. Yeah. So it's not a Kolsch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there it is. I'm wrong again, kids. Oh, Boddington's. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Friggin' pub ale. <laughs> Little Boddington's one pint... Nitrode. Yeah, I knew it was nitrode just by the bubbles. Yeah, so um, but that, that's go. why I should have never guessed Reisdorf Colts because that's never on nitro. Brewed by InBev, <laughs> product of Britain, imported. Uh, but yeah, Boddington. Yeah, Boddington's that's a great beer. I love beer. Yeah. So uh, that's actually the perfect one to use with Guinness to make black and tans. Yes, yes, Boddington's is perfect for black and tans. So. Yes. So, yeah, save your... Uh, that and harps. Save your half of that uh, Bonningtons I just topped off there. Well, so uh, my question, because it's St. Patrick's Day, is how do you make green beer? 
<laughs> you throw a leprechaun in it. <laughs> Dip him like a tea bag. <laughs> Not that type of tea bag. Yeah. Oh, you just put food coloring in it. What kind of food coloring? Food grade. Green? Yeah. No. no. It can't be because green and brown that you're going to get mud. So, yeah, and that's the deal. So if you put green in a yellow beer, that's not going to work out. No. Well, you need to put blue. Blue to yeah. get green. If you're, yeah, if you're using a light beer, right? Yeah. And if you're doing a dark beer, it doesn't you're, really you're work screwed. out. screwed. Yeah. It's never going to work out for you. That's why you got to use a yellow beer. <laughs> yellow beer. So blue food coloring, kids. Don't makes use green. green. Beer. You'll screw it up. And food grade. Because if you use non-food grade, all bad. It's not going to taste so good. Yeah. That's that's toilet. Not the stuff that you have in your toilet that turns your toilet bowl blue. No. That's not food grade. Because it'll make you have to go do exactly what you just did on the toilet. And it adds a minty flavor to your beer if you ever do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Disclaimer, don't ever try that at home. Yeah, so. Uh, well, on that note, though, um, have you been to Kells for their big uh, Oktoberfest? I've, I've their never been Day to Kells for their... St. Patty's Day? St. Patty's Fest. Yeah. Kind of a shit show. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, because of that, there were a lot more cops on the road last night. Imagine that. Yeah. Go figure. All weekend. Yeah. The, you know what we were doing last night? What did we do last night? We were on the mountain last night. What and, mountain? And uh, I can't say it's a secret. We were at Ski Bowl, baby. Now we were at Ski Bowl. So... For the listeners out there, if you ever get a chance to go to Ski Bowl and experience what we experienced last night, absolutely phenomenal. And I'm going to explain this, and it's it's probably a, a super hit and miss on whether or not you get to experience it. But we got to experience the amazing Alpen Glow, and then we're skiing down the mountain, and we hear accordion music. Oh, yeah. I and we can't that. figure out where this is coming from. Well, we're at the top of the upper bowl looking down at Mount Hood and the Alpenglow going on. Yeah. And, and we hear, like, Oktoberfest music. According music playing just randomly. We're like, where the hell is that? And it's faint. Like, you can hear, like, 12 notes. And then it would cut out. And then nothing. So we're trying to figure this out. Jason's thinking it's coming from maybe some party down at the base area. I'm thinking it's coming from around the corner. I'm like, well, but how the hell would that be? Does some snowboarder have it playing on his, you know, portable speakers? What the hell's going on? The warming hut we talked about. Yeah. So we end up skiing down and we come up over a lip and there's a guy standing there playing the accordion. Now, that in itself is amazing to, you know, guys up on the mountain playing the accordion. Um, But this guy wasn't just playing the accordion and standing there. This guy was on teleskis, which is where your heel actually comes up and your toe is stable versus everything being locked in when you're skiing. And then he would ski... And play the accordion at the same damn time. On a 45-degree slope, this if not worse, in the shit. Phenomenal. Like, like skied out, ankle-deep garbage. garbage, and he's just rocking it, playing an Rocked accordion. It. 
It was so, so freaking awesome. The funny part, though, is as it got really shitty and really steep about two-thirds down the mountain, Yeah, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I need to stop this shit. And he locked the accordion. And locked it up, and off he went. <laughs> and he nailed it. Just yeah. all the way down the mountain, no problem. Dude, if you yard sailed with an accordion... You're looking at chest fractures. <laughs> God dang Broken ribs, everything else. Yeah, it was fantastic, and he's a jolly guy. So. Yeah, this guy was awesome. Yeah, and that was that was a highlight, definitely. And we then uh, went to the warming hut. Yes, and had ourselves a fine beer. That was yes, your first experience in the warming hut, there. Yeah, first time I'd ever been in that warming hut, and yeah. and it was it was phenomenal. Uh, great little place. It was nice and warm in there, but they went ahead and started a fire anyway because. From what the the guy was saying that that was running it is that it was super super hot during the day because the sun was beating down um, and they had a fire going and they let it burn down but they started it back up when we came in but we had an amazing beer when we were in there uh, Hofbrau Hefeweizen just amazing European beer and so they serve it in the liter bottles up there and you can get a Doppelbach but you've got European beer served in that warming hut. Which is kind of badass, because you're sitting there holding was. a liter bottle. Totally was. Yeah. It was awesome. Just warming by the fire. Place was built in 1934, so there's some history in there. A lot of history. Old skis hanging on the wall. And, and there's actually a Tim Beers magnet in there now as well. And I think your ski boots, your red ski boots are on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are old, but they're not that old. They're not that old. <laughs> We're approaching that. Yeah, so kids, if you make it up to the warming hut at a ski bowl, look for the <laughs> magnet. The magnet's there. Um, and it's exactly opposite of Gary's ski boots on the wall. So Exactly opposite. <laughs> Just look for the red ski boots and look the other direction. Yep, you'll see it. So, Well, awesome guys uh, up there. So I uh, had a chance to uh, hang with some ski patrol members and uh, some other folks up there. So we had a good time. Good old night skiing at Ski Bowl. Yeah, that it, it didn't start as your normal, typical ski day. No. Broken no. lifts, broken people, all sorts of stuff. It, so. it was crazy. But anyways, and then uh, you still sticking with your uh, Guinness choices there? I am. All right, well, let's see what we've got here. So three. Is a Murphy's. <laughs> Murphy's Irish Stout. And that means four is Guinness. No. Oh, you lying. <laughs> you tricked me. There's not one of those as a Guinness. Oh, it is a Guinness. Yeah, there it is, Guinness. So yeah, It's funny because even the Murphy's, uh, when you smell it, has more of a coffee robust flavor to it. Well, that's the one you said was uh, Guinness. I was I, like, originally, that's what I thought. But then I got my palate cleaned out by the uh, Boddingtons <laughs> and was able to pick out the Guinness correctly. Yeah. Well, top yourselves off of those. There's some in there for you. Um, yeah, interesting. So, because, again, you were all ankle deep into Guinness being number three, and as it opened up, you could really taste those coffee notes, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's not... Yeah. The odd thing is, is when, when Murphy's Stout is super, super cold, it's got a sweetness like Guinness does. Yeah. And you don't taste the coffee flavor. Yeah, it's a, it's a good beer. So each of them with their little marbles in the cans. 
So uh, we were brewing today. So I brewed this morning, and you brewed uh, what a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. So, and how's your IPA doing? I'm slacking. Uh, now the IPA is now stabilized on uh, fermentation. I've gotten three solid days of the same reading, so it's bottling time for that IPA. It's uh, bottling time. So bottling time. Yeah. It, uh, what's it supposed to be, ABV? Uh, the funny thing is, the ABV, according to the recipe, was like seven-something. Oh. Um, and then, based off the calculations that I've been able to get from what we actually got from the original gravity and the, the current final gravity, is it's actually going to be at about 6.7. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's still going to be fairly high in alcohol, so... Should be interesting. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, I brewed a clone of Anderson Valley's Summer Solstice Ale today. Now, where did you get that clone? Well, Debbie picked up a book for me that I requested at Christmas. Um, basically, that is a collection of clone recipes from a local homebrew magazine, or not a local, uh, national homebrew magazine. How many? And, what, 300 or something like that? Yeah, 300 clone recipes. Everything from hams to Guinness to, I mean, all sorts of stuff in there. So, And so I picked this one out because it looked, uh, I've been having issues, if you've been listening, to with diacetyl. (laughs) So I figured this would be a good one, low grain grain, uh, bill, to toy with to see if I'm still having those issues. And, uh... So we'll see how it goes, but it's got a little bit of a simplistic grain bill, about nine pounds of pale in it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of caramel sitting in there for taste and flavor. Uh, a weird hop thing. So uh, you basically take your 2.3 ounces of hops, and as soon as the boil time is up, that's when you want to do it, basically at knockout, and soak them for 20 minutes, and then pull them out. So as you're getting ready to cool the beer, you're basically just steeping the hops in there to get a little bit of hop flavor. Yeah, so it, it's just a tad bit of flavor and a, an aroma, right? Yep. And then the... Not really any bittering whatsoever. And then two vanilla beans soaking in vodka, which will be then added after fermentation and will sit for an additional seven, basically, as it's sitting in secondary. So. And that's what, a two-week process to make the vanilla? Yeah, about two weeks. So, yeah. so we'll see how it looks. It'll be interesting to see what shakes out there and how this tastes. But the Summer Lake folks will be tasting this one. That is a very interesting recipe, actually. Yeah, I mean, of all of them, it looked pretty straightforward. But the bigger thing is um, there was some stuff that I haven't done as far as putting the hops in at knockout. We'll see how that tastes. So Yeah, definitely. <coughs> um, um, should be a good good flavor profile for spring and summer. Yeah, and you know what? If this tastes fantastic, we could just roll with this all the way through the summer. So, could, yeah. I mean, spin these out every couple weeks and yeah. we'll be good. So, with that, Summer Lake Soccer started last week. It did. Yep, game one. Yeah. What did we have, about uh, 17, 18 people? Yeah, it was right around there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the... Matter of fact, it was all the core group came back and then a couple and then a couple guys that we i hadn't seen before they may have been there at the end of last year um when i wasn't there but when when the core group continued but who knows but yeah great group uh that showed up 
Yep. So, uh, played fairly large size games, smaller goal or medium sized goals. Yeah, medium sized goals. And, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it turned out pretty well. I don't think anybody, nobody got hurt, nobody got in a fight. So that was no. good. It was a bonus. Not that we really tolerate that. We did yeah. get asked by the parks group. To rotate. To rotate, because we tore up the field pretty good. Yeah. So I'll have to get that posted on the next Facebook posting probably tomorrow then. And what I can do is I'll send you a picture. Um, I'll send you a picture of the park map with the star to the other field. Okay. That'll work. And then you can just post yeah, the picture. Yeah, and then I can just and, post that. Um, and that works usually pretty good. Yeah. So... But yeah, Summer Lake Soccer, we still haven't seen, and I haven't seen them since last year, Antonio and some of those guys. Tony, um, I've been watching his Facebook posts, is um, his new job, I think, is like in Salem. Oh. So I think that's... Little Tony? Yeah, Little Tony. I'm talking about Big Tony. Big Tony, I don't know what's going on with him. He was having um, some medical stuff going on. But. Well, and he also had the new baby. Yeah. Um, so that was probably occupying a lot of time. And then he moved last year, too. So, But he moved closer to where Summer Lake is. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird stuff. Yeah, so some regulars that we haven't seen uh, that we, we didn't see at the Sam end. have seen Sam this year. We haven't seen Sam, but Not we only yet. had one game. Those guys right. will pop up. So, And then, of course, we have, we've seen uh, Jordan, but we haven't seen Christian. Yeah. And we didn't see much of Christian towards the end of last year either. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, with I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Well, Summer Lake Soccer's back on, 5.30 p.m. Wednesday nights. Um, again, we always drink beer afterwards. So uh, come on and join us. And even if you don't know how to play soccer, just come out, kick the ball around with us. And it's all skills, all ages. Well, not really all ages, but uh, close. Is lo- yeah, pretty close. I mean, we'll, we'll be patient. And uh, and then all sexes too. So no, no, not all sexes. Not all. What sex do you not want to come? Trisexuals. What is a trisexual? Because they'll try anything. Oh, (laughs) no, we want those to come. No, (laughs) no. Just kidding, folks. Just kidding. We're getting hate mail already. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah, it's already Uh, there. Ding, 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 ding. Well, all right, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back uh, for a final little deal here on some beer, and uh, take a break, listen to this next Guinness commercial. Another Guinness. When a man finds himself far from home, and he fancies a quick one, it's comforting to know that there's one beer he can always be sure of finding. Guinness, please. One that he knows will taste just as good as it does in his own local. Thank you. Which could be why it's the most popular beer in Britain. All right. Another Guinness commercial. That one kind of made a little bit more sense. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) I wasn't confused on what they were trying to advertise. Or the long break. Yeah, silence. We're advertising <laughs> silence. <laughs> so, uh, as we finish our beer, hey, you got any Boddingtons to make a uh, black and tan left? I don't. Well, that sucks ass. Um, straight up, straight out. You just down the Boddingtons right Well, off. yeah, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, and it was going down really smooth, and all of a sudden I was out. What are you going to make a black and tan with? Guinness or Murphy's? 
Well, you gotta go with the black with a Guinness, but the problem is you have to have a spoon, otherwise it doesn't mix right. I got a little bit. Look at that. No, you don't. There's no separation. Yeah, on the bottom, very bottom. No. Yeah. No. It's gonna separate. You watch. No. It will. It won't separate. It's separating right now. It's not. Nope, I'm watching it right with my eyes. <laughs> it's like a Boddington's mixture. You can wish you could shit gold and it's not going to happen. What if I mix Boddington's with the fig? Ooh. <laughs> that could be interesting. Well, there you go. I don't know if you want it that interesting, though. So, uh, Willamette Week put out a road trips and pub crawls. Uh, what is this? A periodical. Yeah. Kind of interesting. So, uh, we, of course, like take. Uh, time to go visit some of these breweries, and but they, they've kind of taken the time to splice them into sections of the city that kind of ah. make sense so that you can kind of do it yourself. Interesting. Um, other than their weekend trip one, which is like the entire coast, but uh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so if you want to go from Yahats to Astoria, then have at it. But um, but kind of inter- interesting. The other thing that's on here is, do you remember, what, four or five brew... It was longer than that. Probably, yeah, probably five brew fests ago. There was a guy selling these two little discs that was a bottle opener. That was before my... Uh, was that before you? Yeah, that was... I think that was either two or one before I started going to the brew fest with you. Well, he's in here selling advertisements, so yeah. Bottle Tap, it's called craft beer openers i still have mine because i was gonna say i remember you and tim we talking about these things yeah. so so yeah they're right there on the little uh deal and they kind of show them on the advertisement there oh yeah so yeah, yeah. but yeah great little bottle openers and they don't even look like a bottles uh mm-hmm. bottle opener so kind of cool. they don't at all but yeah so uh check out this while i'm at weeks 2019 uh guide to oregon beer road trips and pub crawls um and they kind of profile what their top 10 beers of the year are, as well as bedside or beer side attractions. Um, but what I zeroed in on this thing, so there's a lot of good stuff in this this deal. Um, but was their top 10 beers? Any ideas? What is Willamette Week picking as their top 10 beers? Number one is going to be an IPA. You think so? More than likely. What, what do you think of the top five breweries? Are? And it'll probably be a hazy IPA. A hazy IPA. Um, either that or they're locked in on that brood IPA thing that's going on. Yeah, so um, so for my birthday, oh, well, I guess we didn't talk about that piece. So I got the opportunity to go to John's. Um, I love John's. And my wife, every year, for each age I get, that's the dollar value I get of beers. Um, when I was like 22 or 23, I would like get 23 bottles of beer because it was a lot of beer. Yeah. As the older I get, the less beer the I less get. The less beer you get, even though you get more money. The higher quality beers I get. Are you sure? And I walked out with uh, <laughs> three, three beers. <laughs> so, of which we're not drinking either. But, no. But it's because it's St. Patty's Day. Um, and so when I look at that, um, these top ten beers, yeah. the number one beer for Willamette Week is by Ale Song Brewing. And it's the Touch of Brett Mandarina. So it's got Brett in it, which is a wild yeast. Yeah, so it's a Brett. Um, 
And again, I'm, I'm reading this thing. So it's a dry hop Saison farmhouse ale, 8.5%. <laughs> so kind of cool. I mean, dry hop Saison bagged a bronze last September at the Gabbeth. So, huh. so, and I picked up two of these ale songs. Um, yeah. Because they're kind of the talk about town this year and last year. Um, and them and Degard, right? Everybody's talking Degard. <laughs> Degard. <laughs> I know. So we need to go check it out. We need to check out Degard. Just I'm see not paying $120 for a bottle of beer. <laughs> it's wax top, dude. I don't give a shit. It's wax top with foil. And yeah, I better have beat gold foil. <laughs> so I picked up their go- tequila barrel gose. Yeah. That's got lime and lemon in it. It's going to be good stuff, man. No. Yeah. No. Get tequila, dude. No. Tequila. Tequila. Yeah. And then I picked up their rhino suit, which is their imperial stout, one of their original recipes. So Yeah. Should be good. Number two on their list is Upright Hands, Four Hands. Again, a Sison Farmhouse Ale. This this guy or gal that put this list together, let's see what this is. So Four Hands, where are they out of? Four Hands is out of... Alec Greenham Workshop, Patton Valley Vineyard, Oregon Native. Yeah, I got no idea. Huh. We have to look them up. Four Upright. No, it's Upright. Their beer's called Four Hands. Oh, okay. So it's Upright Brewing. Yeah, Upright Brewing. Gotcha. Uh, Number three, Ruse Brewing, Grizzly Menace. That is a coffee porter, which sounds fantastic. Um, culmination is number four, momentary lapse of reason. Uh-huh. Ferment brewing, uh, 12 degrees pills, Czech style lager. Um, anyways, let's see some Can't other Can't hide any impurities in that one. In the top 10, number eight, Von Ebert's Pilsner. Nice. Yeah. Um, number 10, your favorite, my favorite, Degar Brewing, the Boysenberry, batch number two. How can it be my favorite? I've never been there. Tillamook Brewing. <laughs> Tillamook Brewery and Sour Beer Darling de God. Huh. We gotta go there, dude. Open air fermentation. Cheese beer. Cheese, cow beer. Yeah. Nothing? Nothing. Doesn't do it for you? Cow fart beer. Yeah, I'd do it. What the hell? Yeah, so. I'd go I'd go visit them just to see what their their process is like with open air and everything. It's a very interesting uh, concept. But I'm wondering how they're getting around the health codes. Well, it's just it's brewing, dude. So it's just open air fermentation. Well, sure. Close, so I mean, it's not like they have they're breeding disease or anthrax. No, I know that, but you know Oregon and their health codes. Yeah, it's Tillamook. It's crazy. It's Tillamook. So, and then the other thing that's here is the Oregon Beer Awards. So and the cool thing is they've announced what the Oregon Beer Awards beer awards were i won um so pilsner who got what brewery got the best pilsner best pilsner 10 barrel huh got gold with their smooth talker uh and we go through here the best blonde and other light ales bend brewing with their alpha blonde uh let's see what else what's a beer style you like gary dark all right, American Sours. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Barrel, Allure. Stout. Time, I think Tim Barrel kind of cleaned up in the awards, didn't they? Wood and Barrel Aged Sour Brett Beers. Ooh. Upright Brewing, Saison Elende. 
Um, you said dark. Let's yeah, see what. Yeah, let's call it beers. stout. Coffee beers. That'd be for you. Ten barrels. See what I mean? C4K. Ten, ten barrel yeah. cleaned up. They did. They did. I'm looking here. I'm, I don't see anything that says stout. Experimental beers. Who cleaned up there? Ale song. There you go. French 75. We got the gold. Who got the silver? Ale song. Ale song. Gose and Yeho. So they took, they took on the gold and the silver. So basically, I got the silver medal for my birthday. I have that beer sitting in my fridge right now. There you go. I know. I'm pretty happy. Rare and historical beers. <gasps> the gold. Breakside Brewery Deacum. Phantasmagoria. Ever heard of it? No. All right. So my friends over at Salem Ale Works got a golden flavor beer, uh, Hoot Nanny Honey Basil. Ooh, so they got honey that. basil. Honey basil. Well, yikes! Strong and hoppy beer, seven point five with an ABV. Yeah, ABV is seven point five or higher. Stormbreaker got it with their triple double IPA. A triple double. Yeah, there's nothing wrong there. What the hell is don't mind what. Don't mind this. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Barrel aged beers. Breakside got the Oligarch and Ecliptic Blood of Jupiter. Mother of All Storms by Pelican. So that yeah, tells you what Pelican's was in that. In there. That's good. So best bottle shop in Portland. Westside. Belmont Station. What? Yeah, they're, they're fine. They offered to help us out when we did that World Cup episode. That's true. Uh, best brew pub experience in the whole state. No idea. Wayfinder beer. Where's that at? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Best beer festival. Dark Arts. <laughs> you nailed it. Ding, 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 <laughs> Dark ding, ding. Arts, baby. And sitting in my fridge is a crowler. <laughs> is a crowler from Dark Arts. So we'll have to pull that out. Um, best collaboration. Terrifico Horror Pills. Between Wayfinder, Heater, Allen, and Modern Times. So three wow, breweries three got together. Yeah. Um, let's see. Brewery of the Year. Large Brewery. Large Brewery of the Year? Yep. Number one. They're on fire right now. Probably friggin' 10 barrel. Breakside. Number wow. one. And Medium Brewery. This would be my third bottle I got. No idea. Block 15. And Small Brewery of the Year. You're not going to guess it. That'd Ruse. Be- It'd be me. Yeah. Diorm Brewing. No. <laughs> Ruse Brewing. And that's what, and best branding. Who's got the best branding right now? Who's got the best label and shtick going on? Well, there's only one advertising company out there that does beer. That would be Rogue, but yeah. uh, they didn't win it this year. <laughs> they're, they're, that means they're not doing like they think they're doing. Gigantic. Ooh, gigantic. Gigantic's got some pretty flashy shit going on. You know what, though? You know who else does? Is, is Clown Shoes. Yeah, but they're not Oregon. They're like Northeast. No, I know, but their labels are off the freaking charts. Yeah, I love clown shoes. We like. We've had a bunch of their beers. We dig them. I don't know if their beers are that fantastic, but their freaking labels are amazing. I don't know. The beers do the trick on me. So every time, every <sighs> time. Well, I think that's all we got, buddy. That's it. Anything else going on? Uh, no. All right. Well, until next week, folks, and we will be back in one week, trust me. And we will be live from a local brewer. So um, we are planning on doing a brewery visit, and uh, we will have that for you to be announced soon. 
Soon. Very soon. So happy St. Patty's Day. No, it's it's Oktoberfest right now. No, it's St. Patty's. That's right. No, it's St. Patty's Day. <laughs> Have another one. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. Drive safe. Tim Beer. Tim Beer.